Hello everybody, welcome back to Farscape Rewatch Season 4, Episode 12. I am your host, Carmel Hats, and with me is Red Nightmare. Back in my day, we didn't have any podcasts. No, back in my day. <laughs> you know, it makes me remember the good times, the good old days. Yeah. That's what this podcast is, is all about. Mm-hmm. Not really, but... <laughs> Yeah, so hey, we're back, Season 4, Episode 12. So, let's catch everybody up on where we are, because there was a whole bunch of exposition that happened last episode about wormholes and how you shouldn't mess with them. I can narrow this down very briefly. Wormholes, you can also travel through time with them. Yes, and that causes a whole bunch of problems that are usually associated with time travel in the first place. Paradoxes and... Alternate realities. Yeah, all that stuff. Realized realities, I think it was called. Yes, that's their name in Farscape, I suppose, but... Uh, so at the end of the last episode, when John you know, went back through the wormhole to try and get out of the, the wormhole network, he ended up over Earth, floating by himself, untethered. And that's where we left that episode. And this episode is called uh, Kansas and basically picks up right from there. Yes. It's like we're in Kansas anymore, people. It's like now we are in Kansas, yeah. kind of. <laughs> So, okay, we do actually have previously on Farscape to begin this episode, and it does cover all of that, along with Grazer and Braca and the Peacekeepers still chasing mm-hmm. after Moya, all of that. And so, once that's done, yeah, we cut back in exactly where we left off with John floating above Earth, and he's like, home, man, that really is Kansas. Like, he's floating yeah. over Kansas. Right away, he says the thing. He says the title of the episode. Nice. And he's coming pilot and Dargo's like, hey, you're there, and no response. And he's just like, oh, right, yeah, of course not. Of course no response. It's like, oh, great. I finally find Earth and I'm going to die out here. Yeah, he says it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I can't believe I'm going to, yeah, die. <laughs> Which, oh, man, if this was... A, there are moments of hope in Farscape. If this was a much darker series, like, you know, getting, like, so close... And then, like, dying just before you get back. That's, like, such a, a dramatic but sad ending. Yeah, know? it's like, you can almost touch it. But then, rip. No. But, so, okay. Spoilers, I guess. That's not what happens this episode. <gasps> Gasp. No, because after a few tries, we actually cut back to Moya. And mm-hmm. we see what they're doing. And they're just sitting around going, where is he? I can't get a lock on John. I've no idea where he is. And what's happening is that the wormhole that he went through is just opening and closing randomly. And so Dargo's pacing around like, John, where are you? And then that's when he gets a signal through to John on the other side. Yeah, and John is actually quite surprised. He swears. Son of a bitch, how are you able to hear me? Like, we don't know. It keeps opening and closing so they can get a signal through, but... John's like, okay, all right, lock onto my signal. When the wormhole appears again, you follow it. Come and get me. Yeah. And so they're like, all right. So we see um, Dargo and Chiana like pacing through the corridors to get ready. So what they're actually going to do is they're not taking Moya down. They're taking Lola down. Which is a good move. Take the ship that isn't as vital, I guess. Also, it's a lot smaller, mm-hmm. so they can go down the wormhole easier, I suppose. And they're leaving Scorpius and Sokozu behind on Moya. And Chiana's like, you can't leave them here. They're going to cause trouble. But Dargo says, okay, pilot, start a shutdown of Moya's systems so that Scorpius can't do anything. Yeah, that's a good move. Just make sure there's nothing he can use. And so we cut back to John floating in his spacesuit and he starts singing 500 bottles of beer on the wall. (laughs) And then eventually Aaron flying Dargo's ship. Because, yeah, it's not just Dargo. Like, everybody's piled in there, apart from Scorpius and Sokozu. Yeah, Rigel, Gianna, Dargo, Aaron, 
Naranti even. Yep, and so they go down the wormhole. We actually get a shot of them flying through a wormhole. I mean, I guess we're not doing the radiation anymore. No, I think that was like mentioned like a couple of times. Yeah. And basically forgotten about. I still maintain that it was a problem with artificially created wormholes. That might be the case. But I again, guess. that's they. it doesn't come up at all. No. And they never really explain. I just... You know, don't worry about no, it. No, it's fine. It's just, I, I, yeah. I was like, okay, so we've thoroughly decided to drop that piece of, of lore. Got it. That's gone. And so, yeah, they go through the wormhole, they come out the other end, and, yeah, they come out the other end in orbit of Earth. Aaron's like, hey, he did it. He got he got home. And so, yeah, they lock onto John's signal, and they go and pick him up. And I love that he says, hey, guys, you're early. I still had a six-pack, because he was yeah. down to six bottles of beer on the wall at that point. Well, what's interesting, actually, is that he starts counting at 500. And then over, the, we see kind of the scene from the rest of the crew's point of view kind of in real time as they go down the wormhole. Yeah. And when, they come, when he comes out the other end, he's at six. Mm-hmm. That was like a little, there's a discrepancy in time there. That or he just skipped ahead. Just for shits and giggles. (laughs) Like, I see John doing that. I don't think he did, and I'll tell you why at the end of the episode. Cool. I just want to mention that little detail, because I think that's a tiny bit of uh, foreshadowing, maybe. So, anyway, they come pick him up, and he gets inside Lola, and he's like, all right, okay, I need a radio signal. I need to find out what year it is. And uh, Dargo flips some switches and picks up a transmission, uh, which talks about how President Reagan is attending a summit. And Aaron looks quite happy at him but john of course is like uh yeah reagan hasn't been president since the 80s well yeah and then they look at him like yeah so they have no (laughs) reference for that it's like yeah if i come back before i left it causes a whole bunch of problems also there's i think it's implied that during the time that he was picked up because it's kind of like a cut ahead when Mm -hmm. the lola flies over him and then he's in the ship talking to everybody i think what we don't see is him explaining what happened in the wormhole yeah i think he either does that or he skips over it for now we'll get to the explanation later so so, because he says like einstein told me that if i come back before i leave it causes a whole bunch of problems and everyone seems to know what he means by that. Mm. So I, I think it's implied that he explained to them in between. What nobody actually does is freak out over the fact that they just travel through time. I think for these guys, it's maybe not necessarily one of the weirder things that they've actually, done. Actually, to be fair, they've already done it. Yeah, they traveled in time before. They did that in uh, different destinations. So this is not the first time they've time traveled. Yeah, okay, that's true. They've already <laughs> had the, oh my God, we time traveled, freak out before. Yep. So uh, they're like, okay, we need to get down there and figure out if anything has screwed up because travel creates ripples and there are changes that happen that you have to try and fix. Yep. And so uh, Dargo cloaks his ship and they head down. Also, I'm going to get this out of the way quickly because what confused me is like the episode is called Kansas and John's like, hey, that is... It looks like Kansas. I don't think they go to Kansas. No, I'm pretty sure they don't. First of all, when we come down, we see John standing around in his neighborhood. I've been to Florida, and it's clearly Florida. (laughs) (laughs) It's not Kansas. Also, a bit later on, there's like a TV playing that has like, Good morning, Florida. And like, Uh, oh, okay, they're actually in Florida. Which makes a lot of sense, because his dad is an astronaut. Because, you know, that's where NASA lives. The NASA house stands there. (laughs) So we actually see... John looking around his neighborhood. He's standing there watching everybody go by. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is that the way that they shoot this, it's they have like sort of the twangy guitar music in the background and slow. And it's like a slow pan as he takes it all in. And a lot of the episode is actually like that. 
it's like slow and like thoughtful i think from john's point of view mm-hmm. as he's like damn i can't believe i'm home yeah that's weird especially because it's the home he can't really stay in yeah like he gets home and it, it's a combination of being home and being back in his childhood as well mm-hmm. and so tells dargo to keep everyone off comms and keep the ship invisible i'm gonna go check things out and he walks around he he goes over to where his house is yeah he sneaks around to the garden in the back peeking through some plants over the fence and he sees that it's his family it's his dad his mom him and i think his sister and i think his girlfriend at the time yeah and uh, they're all celebrating something they're bringing over uh, uh, some bottles of champagne, some cake. And we see young John Crichton. And I think they yes. picked the right ac- actor for that. Because yeah. I totally believe that that is John when he was younger. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, Jamie Croft playing Teenage Crichton. Who did, he took, you know, obviously the smart thing to do, you know, taking Ben Browder's advice on how to play uh, young Crichton. <laughs> yeah, you that know. makes sense. Yeah, that's what you would do. And he's there. He looks a bit grumpy, though. He's not He's not celebrating so no. much. But why are they celebrating hats? Oh, okay, so this is actually the change that uh, they were worried about happening because what John notices, there's a banner above the patio that says, congratulations on the Challenger's new captain. Why is that bad, hats? Why is that bad? Because as... John explains to Dargo and the others, Challenger in 1986, people may, of course, this is a, a real world event. This, you know, this is a, an actual thing. In 1986, the Challenger space shuttle exploded on takeoff, killing everybody on board. This is a, you know, a historical event and they actually show their eclipse as mm-hmm. John realizes what that means. Their eclipse of the actual explosion, like from like news footage. And uh, apparently they debated whether or not to include them in the episode. And obviously they did. I guess to get some impact across of what they're yeah. doing. And also just to remind of like, yeah, no, this was a real, real thing. Yeah, I agree with them using the footage. But yeah, it John is like, oh, his dad was never supposed to be on that flight. Like, that didn't happen. Yeah, this is one of those changes. That's what's starting to happen. It's changed just by going back, you know, he's kind of creating an alternate reality. So they have to fix that. John has to set right what once went wrong. <laughs> And so we cut back to the ship and we see that uh, John is there explaining to everybody what's going on. And Rigel asks, I feel a good question, which is, well, not to be insensitive, but in the grand scheme of things, what does one man's death matter? What does it matter if your father dies? Yeah. Yeah. John's like, okay, my dad got me into the, got me into science, got me into the space stuff. The astronaut project, all of that. If he dies now... No Farscape project. I never come through the wormhole. She's still a space Nazi. You are still captured. Chiana ends up on the Bari Prime. None of that happens. And everybody's like, okay, fair point. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem with time travel. Like, you, what's it called? It's like, for want of a nail. Like, you, like, somebody places a nail so the horse's hoof doesn't get shooed. So the messenger carrying the important letter to the king gets falls off his horse so that the kingdom falls mm-hmm. because they don't find the message about the army attacking. Like... It's a typical thing of time travel. Like, we messed up this one thing, so now everything else is different. Oh, the, the ripple effect that Einstein described. Mm. So they have to fix it. They have to make sure that uh, John's dad doesn't go on the Challenger mission. Also, importantly, um, John's dad is still being played by Kent McCord. Yes. Same actor. He's just got some hair dye in, so he looks younger. <laughs> I, I think they did a little bit of makeup to hide a few wrinkles, but yeah, that's I think about so. it. <laughs> 
So like, all right, okay. So they have to fix that. Yeah, then it will all fall. It should all fall into place because it will snap back. Mm-hmm. The elasticity of time, mm-hmm. as they call it. And so they're like, okay, we can't stay in the ship for that long. You know, we. But I know a place where we can lie low, and we've got a piece of luck. Tomorrow's Halloween. <laughs> Yay! So they they all fit in. Well, to some extent. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to an abandoned house in John's neighborhood. It's, you know, it's run down, it's just dust and boarded up windows. And John says it was abandoned and it was raided by the police in a drugs bust. Yeah, it was emptied. Like the the, the owner was arrested. So all his stuff is still there. Yeah. So there's, there's boxes of clothes and a few other bit, miscellaneous bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. There's a TV that doesn't that's not on. Also, one thing I wanted to mention is we see Aaron actually like looking out the, through the boarded windows. And I'm not sure. I don't know if we've seen this outfit of Aaron's before, but it's like a long leather trench coat over her like tank top and uh, leather trousers. Yeah, I don't think we've seen it before. I mentioned it because it's freaking badass. Yes, <laughs> it's awesome. Yes, and I love it so. Yeah, and she's posing with like one. She's like looking out with like one leg up on the sofa, and it's like a really cool shot. And I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it's gonna cap some scarens or something. <laughs> now that you mention it, yeah, that is a very cool outfit. Actually, yeah, it's pretty back. sweet. Because when I watched it the second time, I was like, yeah, that's badass. It's got the swishy like trench coat and mm-hmm. all black leather, which usually works pretty well in <laughs> Farscape. Yep. Also, the dust in the house is playing havoc with Dargo's sinuses. He's just like, this frilling planet. (laughs) I'm surprised nobody's suddenly gotten sick because of all the germs that live here. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's probably something something they were inoculated with. Yeah, maybe when they get the translator microbes. Because that should have happened to John a long time ago. (laughs) If you (laughs) think about it, going the other way. Fair point. And so uh, Chiana actually finds a box full of old clothes and is going through it. And John's like, hey, wait, are those jeans? Can I have some jeans? Because he's still wearing his, like, his leather peacekeeper kind of yeah. trousers. And so he takes the jeans and puts them on. He's like, all right, you guys, you got to stay out of sight. I'll go and try and fix things. I'm going to scope things out. So he steps outside because it's in the same neighborhood. It's basically on the same street as John's mm-hmm. house. And he sees his family arguing. Yeah, because John and his dad mostly are arguing because John, young John storms out. And he's also you know yelling at his mom as well, saying like, backing down from dad all the time and his dad's like hey you don't talk to your mother like that and they shout at each other it's like why you you know i said don't go and you're just doing what you want to do what about what i want and all that that sort of argument from uh john and his dad gets in his face and so john basically storms off and gets in his four by four which uh (laughs) john did see earlier and he was like oh betty my truck And there's a, so I think there's a line in here that is very much like reminiscent of Crichton, of the Crichton we know, which is when his, he gets in the truck and his dad gets up in his face and it's like, hey, no, what are you doing? Don't you leave. And it's like, yo, hero, read the middle finger and drives away. And he delivers that very much like uh, Ben Browder. Yeah. Like I said, they got a good actor for it and it yeah. shows that he talked with Ben Browder about it. And so he drives away. And his dad is like, what the hell's wrong with him? He's so angry. He's like walking back into the house in a huff. Mm -hmm. John hid by this point. Yeah, yeah. He was hiding behind a fence. And he says that, you know what? I'll make his day. I won't go on Sunday. I'll go tomorrow. I'll just leave for the mission. And so they go back inside the house. And John's girlfriend actually is sort of hanging around on the porch. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I love this little touch. 
Because John is standing there, like, ugh, just looking at himself drive away. And then looks back to the house and is like, milk! <laughs> and he runs up to the milk can, just opens it, opens the bottle and just drinks it like, oh god, oh that's good. <laughs> I haven't had milk, he hasn't had milk in three years. Yeah. <laughs> Among other things, but he's like, oh god, oh yeah, that's, that's the good stuff <laughs> right there. I just love that detail, just remind us that, oh right. John has been without a lot of comforts of Earth. Mm. But his girlfriend sees current John, our John, uh, doing this. It's like, hey, what are you What are you doing? He's like, uh, drinking milk, Kim. It's just, how do, how do you know? Do I know you from somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, uh, no, I, I'm with uh, we're family, like, cousins he, basically he's, he's saying that he's a cousin of the uh crichtons what did he say is like jim scarron no his name is fred fred scarron fred yeah. <laughs> and she's like oh yeah no you look a little bit like john i i can see it <laughs> and john john is basically uh god he's decided to take the direct approach to fixing time travel problems yeah because <laughs> he's like okay where did did john go down to the lake and he's like no he's gone to the canal he goes there when he's angry Oh, right. He should go to the lake more often. Yeah, because she says, it's like, yeah, I like that spot. John hates it. John exactly describes the spot she liked. It's like, yeah, and I know I know, John hates it, but he shouldn't. And he's, like, kind of got this distant look in his face. He, you know, he's face-to-face with his, his old girlfriend of, like, many years ago, like, 15 years ago. Like, this whole bit and parts of this episode is just John's old mistakes as a kid reflected back at him. Where you're like, all oh, right, I was a shit out of fourteen. I was an idiot. I don't think he's. I don't think he's fourteen. It's like well, he's dr- he's he's driving a truck. So oh, then he's six in America. You could drive. No, no, you're right. <laughs> he's probably like sixteen, seventeen, mm. like that sort of age. But again, this whole stuff it's shot very. It's the way it's directed is it's like kind of slow and thoughtful as he's nostalgic and realizing mm-hmm. you know his past mistakes. Yep. Especially with scenes like this. Yeah. So we cut back actually to Dargo and the others in the house. The Moya drug house. Yeah. <laughs> and Dargo's fiddling with the power box. He mumbles under his breath. Oh, okay. This either restores the power or shuts down power to the entire city. <laughs> I, I think you're a bit underestimating safety measures, Dargo, but okay. <laughs> he doesn't know this planet. That's fair. And so he he like touches some wires and the lights come back on and Aaron was actually like reading the uh the lampshade yeah like, made in france blah, ah, god ah, the lights come back on Frel. it's just like blah, blah, and the tv turns on and yeah everybody's like what what is that wheel of fortune yeah it's wheel of fortune like it's the it's a actual episode of like wheel of fortune like you could win a car or yeah. a blender or whatever and they're like what what is this and yeah Aaron sees wheel of when Aaron sees the, the wheel of fortune comes up like the the logo or the title on it on it it's like we wheel of fortune and she's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's actually enjoying it because she she gets to practice yeah she's uh, she's reading english and yeah she has a huge grin on her face where she's like wheel <laughs> yeah it's kind of funny so okay now we go back to john taking the direct approach to time travel which is he's gone to the canal and is going to talk to his younger self 
which in a lot of time travel fiction and sci-fi is typically a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> like a really bad idea. Usually you make things worse. Mm. And John's like, no, hell with that. I'm just going to talk to him. <laughs> and so, he, yeah, he finds himself at the canal. And of course, young John is like, who are you? Get away from me. It's like, what, what does he call himself this time? Fred? No, my name is John. John Clarence. Ah, yes. <laughs> and then he just starts out with just immediately like you know you should go to the overhang more often kim likes it there yeah as he steps into the back trunk and just starts bobbing up and down it's like what are you doing testing your suspension john can you stop badgering yourself and his, he says you know you need to talk to your father you need to convince him not to go on the shuttle and of course like young john john is like i don't know who you are but shove off get lost <laughs> and he like goes to like shove him and John grabs his younger self, like puts him up against the car, and is like, "Hey, no, we don't hit people. We may shoot people <laughs> occasionally, but we don't hit." I, uh, it's blatant lie. He's punched blatantly people not true. You've knocked people the hell out, John. You've definitely punched people in the face. It's like the first first thing I can think of is a random peacekeeper. Yeah, like, that there must have been more prominent people he punched. I'm sure he's hit Braca a few times. No, definitely, he had a whole fist fight with Braca. Exactly. There you go. Right. Anyway, he kind of calms his younger self down. It's like, hey, no, look, I don't, I'm not trying to do anything to you. I just, I know you've got problems. You'll outgrow them. I know you're upset because you think your dad treats your mum badly. He's like, how do you know that? It's like, same way I know you helped DK cheat on his SATs. Look, if you, if you want to get into space camp, if you want to do this, you need to convince your dad not to go. And young John then says, look, if I if you knew anything about me, you would know that I can't convince my dad to do anything. Yes, you can. And he's like, you're wrong. And young John says, no, you're wrong. And <laughs> he, never, he never listens. And he drives away. Yeah. And John's just like, man, when you're right, you're right. I guess. <laughs> Uh, John was a little shit when he was younger. Yeah. yeah. Also, again, what did you think was going to happen, John? Like, yeah. Did you think it was going to work that you were going to convince your younger self? Because to him, you're just some random guy. The only version in which this works is if you say, I am you from the future and you yeah. prove it. And that probably makes things worse anyway. Yeah, because you don't remember that happening very clearly. Mm. So you probably don't want to put that in there. So we go back to the house and <laughs> now Aaron is watching Sesame Street. Yes, with Kermit and doing the alphabet. Yep, Kermit and the little girl are doing the alphabet, and she's like, "No, you should, you should watch this. This is, you know, really educational. You know, I'm yeah. trying, I'm picking up a lot. It's their alphabet, you know." <laughs> so, like that, that she says to, to Dargo, like, "If push comes to shove, you might need to know a few words." And like that, Dargo says, "No, it's fine. Chiana has taught me everything I need to know. Yes, no, bite me." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that so much. How does Chiana know English? I think what I what I think has been happening is that in the time when they've been when John's been off doing stuff, it's implied to me at least that Aaron has been helping the others learn a bit of English to get by. Okay, yeah, I'll buy that actually. Yeah, and I I think that's implied because because Dargo says Chiana has already told me a few words, mm-hmm. and so that says like Chiana has picked up a few bits and pieces. I could also imagine that Chiana helped Aaron practice. Yeah, possibly. Back on the ship. We did see that in the last episode where she came up and was like, hey, how's the English going? Yeah. So it's it's implied. It's not explicit. Yeah. But I think it's not a huge stretch to to go there. 
and so Chiana's actually dressed up in some clothes from the box that they found. She's mm-hmm. wearing like an orange striped uh, top and some tights as well. I think she's wearing like a dress and tights. Sorry, yes, an orange orange striped dress. And it's like, hey, we should go out. And this is Crichton's home. And Dara's like, no, we are not doing that. Like, we need to stay inside. And she's like, look, aren't you curious? You want to see what it's like? Chiana, I forbid you from going outside. And like, <laughs> young lady, where do you think you're going <sighs> at this hour? Dressed like that. <laughs> and I like, Dargo, you and I both know Chiana. That's the last thing you need to say. Yeah, you should know by this point you can't really control Chiana. You need to reason with her, not order her. Uh, oh, right. Also, quickly, uh, before that bit happens, Chiana and Naranti are looking at some old photos. Oh, God, yes. This. I, yeah, I realized we skipped that. But the people who lived there were not nice people. No. And so their photos are all just them literally just flipping it, flipping off the camera. Yes. Giving the camera the finger. And they're like, what do you think this is? This gesture. Oh, it's probably a greeting. Yeah, between friends. And so she flips off Naranti. He's like, hello, wrinkles. I'm like, eh. Immediately I'm like, oh no. Oh no. What are we, Mr. Bean? <laughs> so yeah, Chiana does go outside. She just ignores Dargo. It's like, frail this, I'm going out. And she, she steps out. And she's like, because it's Halloween. And Chiana... Basically, she looks like somebody in face paint. She says, but it's Halloween. It's Halloween tomorrow, Chiana. It's Halloween tomorrow, not today yet. (laughs) It's close enough, I think. Also, yeah, Chiana looks mostly human apart from having the grey skin. So, you know, you can get away with that. Dargo would be a tougher tougher sell, really. So she walks outside and she runs into a woman who's like looking around the house, kind of like probably like heard something. I I love how... The way this woman is neatly dressed and has her hair done up nicely and has earrings like, ah, this is the person you see peeking through the blinds at the neighbors. (laughs) (laughs) But so she runs into her and Chiana just, oh God, she just flips her off. This woman, first of all, is very surprised. It's like, backs away against the wall and Chiana gets a little bit too close at argument, just flips her off and and walks away. Like, oh God. (laughs) Uh, Chiana, no. No, Chiana, no. It's everything I wanted from this episode. (laughs) I'll be completely honest, some of these scenes are really grating for me to watch. (laughs) It's like, Chiana, no! They're just like, no, oh, what are you doing? (laughs) So, okay, but then the woman does go into the house, and they're like, oh no, crap, she's coming. Uh, uh, what do we do, what do we do? And our girl hides, and Aaron's like, oh, hello! Well, actually, I don't think she does. She just, like, puts her arm up against the door frame. It's like, and the woman just walks underneath the arm and just sees Rigel sitting on the couch. Watching TV, and she's like, uh-huh. And Rigel looks up, like, uh-oh. And she just leaves, and everyone is standing around like, um, um. Uh-oh. <laughs> Rigel's just like, yeah, oh no. <laughs> so we then cut back to Moya. To see what's happening with them and pilot gets on the comms and says uh saying to scorpius and sikozu that there's a peacekeeper marauder approaching with grazer and braka on board oh no no yeah no 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 they cannot find the wormhole they cannot find that wormhole mm. scorpius is like we have to starburst right now but sikozu says no if we starburst we won't be able to get back to the wormhole we won't be able to get to this location and pilots know we have to run because we have to we can't stay here and sikozu says no if we run they'll think john's on board and they'll keep chasing us we let them on board we let them search the ship once they see that john's not here they'll leave and Pilot rightly responds, no, they'd kill me. I find it interesting that Pilot says we, they would kill me, not that they would kill us. Yeah. Or that they would kill Moya. 
they would kill me. I, mean, I found that a bit interesting. Pilot still gets to like want to live. Oh yeah, no, I know, but typically he like he's concerned with the safety of Moya and himself. Yeah, but in this case, I think he's mostly concerned with his own safety. I think because he knows what peacekeepers do to uncooperative pilots. Yeah, because he he replaced one exactly. So actually, we're we're in pilot's den, and Scorpius and Sokozo are are with him. But Scorpius assures pilot and says. If they think Crichton is not here, Grazer will not hurt you. And he's like, "Eh, I'm not sure about this. (laughs) They really don't have another choice, I think. No, if, yeah, like if they run, they won't be able to get back. The wormhole's opening and closing sporadically, so maybe they'll get lucky and it won't open. Or the peacekeepers won't care. Well, they'll just be like, it's a wormhole, they won't know its significance. Exactly. Mm. So we then cut back down to Earth in the past, and... Young John is driving his truck back home, and he actually comes across Chiana wandering about the neighborhood. Yeah, and he's like, hey, going to a party? Yeah, yeah. Need a lift? Sure. So that's like, she can say a couple of words. Yeah, she gets by very little. That's why I'm like, okay, I'm fine with that. That's, uh, mm-hmm. that's fine. She then just walks over the hood of the car. Yeah, to climb in the other side. I'm like, oh, Chiana, no, no. <laughs> and so she gets in, and she actually... She, fiddles with the dashboard and turns up the music and young john's like what's your name it's like chiana he's like what karen what is it karen he's like yeah yeah karen and then she like pulls the the cigarette lighter out Mm -hmm. and like touches it it's like cha it's like karen Shaw. yeah that yeah that's right (laughs) yeah it's fine that works perfectly then he says my name's john crichton and you can see chiana just look like wait what she just turns and like looks and is like crichton huh uh drive go and like mimes driving yeah and he's like well what's wrong i was like no just just go and i'm like no chiana no no <laughs> no why do you always have to screw everything up here goes the timeline <laughs> <sighs> well so then we go back to the house again and they're looking out the window there's, there's a policeman coming to check things out yeah because of course shit and Tarko's like looks like an enforcer we better get ready He's got a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's like, it's, you know, it's a Florida police. He, he, he's got like the wide brim hat with like the uh, string around it mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, tan clothes. Yeah. And Aaron has dressed at this point a little bit. By oh, the way, yeah. No, because, because. Right. Okay. Yes. We'll our, get to this. Our, we'll get to this. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. There's okay. the like, okay, we need to, okay, disguises, put them on. And so they dress up in clothes from the basket, from the house. <laughs> Dargo puts on a football jersey. Erin puts on like a 60s, like tie dye, like crop top and like trousers. And so she goes outside to greet him. And we have the return of a guest star. Yes, I had that as well. Not seen since season one. It is guest star Claudia Black's abs. <laughs> <laughs> Did she, did she have a fade six back last time? Yeah, no, she did. Okay. I, I couldn't remember because it's like... I think she did. I think this time they looked like you could grate cheese on them. Yeah. Because... <laughs> I was going to say, I think they were defined the last time. <laughs> they really, like, she goes out into the sunlight and like, you're like, whoa, hey, what's up? I'm sorry, I was just, we had to mention it yes. because we made a joke about it in season one. So, of course, we have to bring the joke up again three seasons later. Trust me, it's the first thing I thought when I saw this yeah. scene. It's like, That's right. <gasps> return guest- of our favorite guest star. Yes, star. <laughs> it is kind of funny. So, uh. all right, and she's speaking to the police officer outside and she's like, 
yes, it's abandoned house. I love how how well Claudia Black manages to speak like she's in broken English. She really gets that wrong cadence right. And then she says, would you like to come inside? And he says yes, and she's like, oh crap. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> She hoped he would say no. So he walks in and Naranti is just there sitting with a headband reading a, a box of pizza. Reading a pizza box like it's a freaking newspaper. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's I'm so good. I'm surprised she knew that reading a newspaper is the thing and still grabbed the wrong object. And Rigel is on the sofa, but he's like frozen in place. He's not moving, which is... Sorry, I love that so much. We'll get to why in a second. <laughs> Dargo's hiding behind a corner. Yeah, and Aaron says, like, oh, yes, very sorry, they uh, saw Kermit, and she pulls up Rigel, like... <laughs> we thought the batteries were dead, it's just a silly toy, and then throws him on the ground. And Rigel's like... <laughs> oh, Grandma, sorry about that, sick. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just love that because they're, like, pretending that Rigel is a puppet. <laughs> and he is a puppet. Yes. He's also, they say he's Kermit, and he's a Jim Henson puppet. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, oh that, that... I completely I forgot about that detail. Yeah, Sesame Street, Kermit the Frog, all Jim Henson stuff. It was Kermit the Frog on the, on the video. Of course yeah. they, they could use that. Yeah. <laughs> and so the policeman is like, uh, okay. Naranti says, it's Halloween. Because Dargo sneezes. Yes. It comes into view, and the police officer just really pulls his pistols, like, whoa! And it's like, oh, that's just a mask he's wearing for Halloween. He's dressed up. And again, I'm like, Randy, where did you learn English? Where, where's everybody yeah, that... learning English? <laughs> that is a bit of a stretch for Naranti, I think. But... Yeah, that's fine. And the policeman says, aren't you a little bit old to be dressing up for Halloween? <laughs> I love that dark uh... goes, no. Yes. Yes. But you can see Erin just, her face just shifts like, don't do it. Bite me. <laughs> and he's like, okay, take off the mask, take it off. And the policeman gets really angry with it. And so Dargo pulls out his quarter blade. Where was he keeping it? I don't know, but fine. Behind the wall, you know, uh, around the corner where he was. I, I, I thought hammer space, but yeah, this also works. <laughs> and Erin's like, no, it's just a toy sword. And then Naranti comes up and's like, excuse me, officer, blow some powder in his face and she whispers to him it's like no danger here see dargo remove his mask see the who man you expect <laughs> yeah and then leave us alone again that's a lot of specific english but okay so what happens is the police officer he sees dargo remove his mask yeah and underneath is it's not anthony simcoe that's for no, sure it's no i was expecting him but it, no it's a large black man <laughs> Is there a problem, officer? And he doesn't even have Dargo's voice. It's no. just a completely different actor. He's saying, like, is there a problem, officer? And he's like, no, everything's fine. I'll go now. Yeah, and he leaves, goes outside. And Aaron's like, well, we've done it now. And Rachel pipes up from the ground. He's like, you bitch, I think you broke a rib. <laughs> and Aaron just tells him to shut up. Yeah, and Aaron's like, now I need to go find John. Okay. So Aaron goes outside and goes to meet up with John and he's walking around the neighborhood. They meet up and <laughs> he's like, hey, nice clothes. She's like, is this okay? Yeah, no, you look like Cher. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Don't think Cher's abs were that good. But anyway. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> so also, yeah, it, she does fit in. You know, she looks human. She's wearing clothes. It's fine. Also very little detail where a ball rolls up to her and she grabs it and tosses it back to a child. Yeah, that's kind like, of no, nice. Nobody freaks out. Nothing happens. Happens. Everything's fine. She just fits in. 
All right, so, but she asks, how is it all going? And I like this line from John where he says, oh, you know, it's situation normal. It's getting worse. Yeah. (laughs) Now his dad is leaving tomorrow. And so they're walking around. They go along the canal behind the houses, which was where John was before, you know, spying on his house. And he sees that his mother is in the in the garden using tarot cards actually yeah. there was a, a quick line uh, when they were arguing before john said you know, maybe look at the cards and maybe that'll tell you what to do <laughs> and so yeah they they see that and john like pulls aaron down it's like quick no behind this hedge yeah and john is actually very nervous because he explains to aaron and this is something we already knew and why i noticed the first time he was looking at the family you could th- feel the tension in John's movement because he says like my mom died four years before I left and I'm about to talk to her and Aaron kind of actually take grabs his hand and like smiles at him, like you know yeah as a an encouragement yeah it's like go on you know you do that and so he goes up to the fence and says uh, excuse me ma'am and she turns around and like do I know you no uh, you uh you read the cards she's like oh yeah uh it's everyone thinks it's silly and john specially thinks it's stupid and john's like it's not he's just young and god the whole time like john ben browder's acting in this of the tension and mm. the awkwardness of him talking to his mother is oh it's it's very good it's very good so what he says is that he also reads the tarot cards and he did a reading in gainesville and that i i had to come here i saw your husband yeah convince him not to leave today stay for the weekend he can't go on that mission i don't think he says that i I think john's currently just trying to buy himself some time says you can't you can't just let him go you have to make him stay don't back down like you always do How, how do you know that and he's uh i can see it in your face you're a peacemaker not a fighter and he's getting more and more emotional and broken yeah, up over this. It's getting harder and harder for him to talk. Yeah. He says, just make sure he doesn't go and I'm sorry for bothering you. And she asks, like, do I know you? Really? Are you sure I don't know you? And he's like, no, you, you don't. And he walks away and just closes it and just awkwardly leaves. Yeah. That's harsh. Oh, yeah, it is. So especially when he says, like, no, you don't know me, because this version of John that, you know, he's become from being on the Farscape project, going through the wormhole, all of this stuff. His mother never knew him. And never will. And so, you know, no, you don't know me. You don't know this version of me. That's the reading I took from that scene. Yeah. So, yeah, actually very powerful scene. And that's what I like about this episode is that it's actually quite slow and thoughtfully paced. Mm -hmm. And it lets those scenes happen and they're not, you know, brushed away. They happen with enough emphasis on them. So we cut back to the house. Everybody's there, including John. And Rigel says, like, look, just why don't you go to your dad and tell him not to go on the scuttle? It's a shuttle. (laughs) And he'd never believe me. That's not going to work. But, okay, new plan. When I was 17, so now we know actually how old he was, 17, I was trapped in a fire and was in a coma for two days and my dad saved me. Yeah, and he afterwards he refused to go on a mission because of it. Yeah, NASA called him and uh, he turned them down. Also, importantly, it is NASA because Challenger was a NASA thing and presumably the IASA (laughs) gets invented after this, you know, for the Farscape stuff. Mm-hmm. So their plan is to try and recreate that accident, yeah, that fire. And Randy's like, "Oh, oh, I can, I can brew something up to put somebody in a in a coma. That's fine. Yeah, I can do that." And John's like, "No, you do not touch my body. You stay away from me." <laughs> 
Good, good, because that's never gone well. Yeah. So why are you still taking the stuff she gives you, John? <laughs> well, we haven't seen him take it this episode. No, but... But I don't think he has any on him. That's probably also the case. And so he says, I'll go get Kim, and I'll get Kim to bring my younger self here, and then we'll we'll simulate that, that accident. And he's like, okay, cool. Where's Chiana? Oh, no. And cut to... Uh, we're back at the... I think we're at the... They're at the lake, aren't we? Yeah, I think they are. Yeah, the lake. And Chiana is with John in his car. And he's been telling her about the problems with his dad. Saying, like, you know, he won't he won't listen to me. And he's really stubborn and, you know, all that stuff. And But then we hear, like, a whooshing noise. Yeah. And he says, you know, the truth is, one day I want to go up there as well. And chance says, you will. He's like, yeah, you, you think? But they, they only take the best. It's not going to happen. And there we can see, like, his dad needs to be around to convince him that he can do it. Exactly, yes. And Chiana was also looking kind of, like, sympathetically at young Crichton. Just like, no, you will. You will. And I also like that he, he mentions, like, that his relationship with his dad's not that great. And Chiana's like, yeah, you have some problems with your parents as well? Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, then we cut back to the house again. And the policeman is snooping around again he came back he came back <laughs> he walks fine there's like a wall in front of the in front of the house yeah and he like pokes his head up over it like to look over and Ranty pokes at the exact same time on the other end <laughs> hello cookie monster and then blows some more stuff in his face <laughs> oh it's great and she just drags him behind the thing into the into uh. the garden and so she's actually then what what she's doing there's uh there's a pool in the garden. Obviously there's leaves and dirt and I think like a TV in there as well. It's basically an outside dumpster at this point. Yeah. But she's got him set up in a chair down there and is feeding him some liquid. Yeah. Dargo comes around and's like what the he- what what are you doing? Oh, I'm just testing in a little brew to um put John into a coma. Look. And she twists his ear around. It's like, I can do whatever I want. It doesn't hurt him. And he's like, no, okay, we need to stop. We need to get him out of here. Don't mess things up any more than we already have. And what they do... (laughs) 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 Is that they drag him back to his car. Dargo, again, he's he's put the football jersey on. His disguise. And he's like, okay, put on my helmet. And he takes that the hat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> helmet. Yeah, puts it to the hat. It's like, it, it just sits on top of his head. It doesn't actually fit at all. And so he sits in the front seat of the car of the police car. And it's like, okay, machine, go. Why isn't it doing anything? <laughs> well, I think you need to twist that, that thing over there. Like, get, oh, away, okay. get off me. I know just, what I'm doing. Just prepare for engagement. <laughs> And he, he turns the key, and the car starts up, and it like lurches backwards. Yeah, it's like. And that same that same woman who was looking around earlier is there, like what? Dargo pokes his head out, looks up at her, it's like huh? Just flips her off, and then it's like okay, good. And then keeps driving. <laughs> I love that he's like uh uh flips her off, and then gets back in and. Well, I, I'd say drives away, but that's not really fair. It's the little nod after he flips her off of like, right, yes, good. It <laughs> <laughs> was great. And also, like at one point, the policeman nearly falls out of the car, and Naranti's like, oh, almost lost him. <laughs> Did you also notice that Dargo's coat was sticking out of the door? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, it's, it's so funny. Oh. All right, so they, they kind of drive away a bit, and they really unsteadily drive away. It's like, away. yeah, guys, real stealthy. Nobody will notice a thing. Yeah, good job. <laughs> All right, so then we go back to Moya, and we see the Marauder coming into the hangar bay. 
and then cut to a bunch of peacekeepers marching into Pilot's chamber. Yeah, and I love this because Grazer just leans against the um, console and Brocka just climbs up onto the console and sits there really smug. Yeah, so smug. And they're like, okay. Where's John Crichton? And also says, like, okay, uh, put the control collar on. And Pilot's like, no, Moya will not have a control collar. It's like, you know, we didn't we didn't stop us. We're not running. Don't hurt us. I have no idea where Crichton is. Yeah. It's like, well, everybody, complete search of the ship. And Brocka's like, fine, I'll check the neurocluster. So that's all happening. We mm-hmm. cut back again to the house. And uh, John's come in and Rigel is sitting on the sofa, like really energetically carving a a pumpkin. John's like, what are you doing? You said, make it scary, make it scary, so I'm making it scary. A lot of cutting, a lot of cutting, a lot of cutting. (laughs) John's like, oh, hey, because there are a bunch of candy wrappers. He's like, somebody got a sugar high. I don't know how this stuff is legal, but I need more of it, damn it. Yeah, what is it? The the line, I think, is, how illegal is this, Dren? You have to get me more. He's having a sugar rush. He's not just, it's more extreme than that. It's like he's highly addicted to it. Like it's cocaine or something. <laughs> that, 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 I mean, <laughs> that too. But it's also when, when John walks away at the end of this, he's like, lay off the stuff. Rachel just holds his head up in front of him and it's shaking like violently. <laughs> yeah. He says, just, just breathe, get some rest. We'll sort this out tomorrow. And so we go back up to Moya to see what's going on there. And Sokozu and Scorpius are in the neural clusters. Sokozu's got a blanket wrapped around her because it's cold because they turned off some of the systems. And (laughs) she wants to go hide in the fan room because that will mask their heat signatures. Yeah, um, and Scorpius is like, you go, I'll remain here. He's like, come on, we need to, no, it's fine, I'll be fine, go. And so she does leave and Braca comes down a ladder into the neural cluster. Yeah, and he hisses at Braca. Points his gun at him and he's like, and Braca says, you... You're dead. And Scorpius says, how many aboard the Leviathan? 30 Peacekeeper officers and Grazer. Will they follow you down here? And uh, Braca says no. And so Scorpius gets up close to him and says, growls at him like, Lieutenant. And corrects himself, says, Captain. And grabs him by the head and plants a big old kiss on his forehead. That should have... Oh, no, that did actually happen. Yeah, and it's no, like... No, that did happen. What should have happened was an open-mouth kiss on the mouth. Because what happens is that Scorpius is holding Braca's face, and Braca then grabs Scorpius's face, like, it's good to see you. And at that point, I'm like, kiss you, goddammit! Kiss you, fools! Kiss. <laughs> also, so it turns out that Braca is Scorpius's spy. Excuse me. Um, okay, I think I am sitting correctly. <gasps> did, that, did that sound convincing? Did that sound convincing? I am so shocked. I I, I did what? not crazy see this coming at all. It's like such a twist. I saw that coming a mile what away. We... Oh god, yes. It was back when in Promises we found out that Scorpius has a spy in the Peacekeeper unit, and we were meant to think it was one person. And I already knew it was going to be Braca. Like we said in that episode review, like no, it's not that guy. Come on, it's got to be Braca. Yeah, and it, it is. <laughs> oh, also, actually, another bit of background info. Ben Browder also had the same thoughts about Braca and Scorpius meeting. He was hoping for an open-mouthed Roman kiss <laughs> yeah. as well. I was like, you know what? 
That would have worked. I think I would have been fine with it. (laughs) Also, because he kisses him on the forehead and is like, "Well done," and then they hold each other's they hold each other's faces, and they're like, "They're so close!" Like, finish it off, you fools. That's like a prelude to making out. Yeah. Uh, All right. So yeah, and then he says, "Well done, Braca," and Braca says, "It's good to see you, sir." And that's when we cut away. So now it's the next morning, and another police officer. And the same woman from before found the other police officer. Yeah. <laughs> just like falling out of his police car. With a bottle next to him. He's like, I don't know what happened. I don't, I'm not sure, but I think I need a warrant. Because the woman also says, I saw them. They took you. And so in the house, they're getting the preparations for their uh, fire. And Dargo is setting some charges around the house. He says that they make more smoke than fire. Yeah. And uh, your dad have, has a quarter of an hour to get to your younger self. I'm like, okay, so this has to go wrong in some way, right? <laughs> yeah, there's no way this goes according to plan. And so John's like, okay, I'll go get myself. Yeah. And so he and Chiana actually go back to that spot where they were looking into the back of John's house where the, mm-hmm. with the garden. Oh, God, and this is another really nice but bittersweet kind of scene because yeah. they're watching, they just see John's mum and dad laughing together and enjoying each other's company and she's doing like a, a tarot reading and he's like, oh, what do they say? It's like, oh, well, you're definitely, definitely staying. Oh. Yeah, and he's laughing. And John says like, I never actually got to see them like this very often. I kind of wish that they would just stay like that. I, I wish they would stay like this forever. Mm. And they think they've got all the time in the world, but pretty soon it's doctors. And tests. And and I also like that Gianna says, like, I never saw my sires like that together, which also puts a little bit of background into Gianna's history. And also Gianna's, like, resting her, her chin on John's shoulder, and it's actually very, like, sweet because they're two friends, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, it's good to see his parents being happy. But he knows they—he knows that they're not going to stay that way because she's, he knows his mum is going to get very ill. Yeah, and it's, that she's going to die at some point. Yeah, it's, oh, it's really sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that, that moment of like wanting that moment between the two of them, between his parents, to last forever because they're happy there. Oh, God, oh, just it's, twist the knife. Why yeah. don't you? Fine. Foreknowledge is such a horrible thing sometimes. Okay, so then they go to the canal. Oh, sorry, then they go to the lake to go get John. And so basically what John did is he convinced Kim, his old girlfriend, to get John there. And so Kim is in the truck and John jumps in and is like, hey. Oh, hey, I, I did as you ask. I don't know why, but whatever. Yeah, why Why is she trusting him so much? On the other hand, Kim is convinced that he's family. Yeah, first of all, why are you convinced that he's family? <laughs> Second of all, why are you doing this anyway? And she says, like, yeah, I brought him here. Uh, he doesn't really enjoy it. He thinks I'm breaking up with him. And John, John, you moron. <laughs> He's like, well, you will. And she's like, wait, what do you mean? Uh, I mean, a girl like you is like, are you flirting with me? He's like, no. No, 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 no. And then Chiana comes around and just knocks her the frell out. It's like, hi! Bam! And John's like, what the... You do that for? And it's like we're we're in a rush. We haven't got much time. She's a nice girl. Well, no, she said she look. Jana looks her up and down. It's like, oh, so this is what you're into. And then he says, she's a nice girl. Stop <laughs> it. Jana's like, okay, well, you take care of her. Maybe I'll take care of uh, young John. No questions asked, which is worrying. Um. Okay. Fine. <laughs> so we cut back to the house again and. <laughs> There are some trick-or-treaters coming up to the door. Yes! And Rigel is like, oh, come in! 
Come in, over here. Because he's sitting on the couch and they can't see him from the the door. Yeah. And again, he freezes in position mm-hmm. and they come around. They're like, trick or treat, trick or treat. And they put some candy down. And they're like, oh, cool puppet. And he just goes, blah, blah. And they run away screaming. And he's like, ha, 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 ha. I got the candy. I got it. I got the candy. <laughs> and then John comes and is like, Rachel, what are you? It grabs the, <laughs> grabs the candy away. No, no, no more of that. Stop doing that, which implies that Rigel's done it a few times. He's <laughs> like, but I need it. I need it. I need Kit Kats. I want them all Kit Kats, M&M's. Reese's Pieces, everything. I want it. Ah. That's why he's, he's, it's more like he's, it's cocaine. It's not. He's a frilling junkie right now. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> oh, God, it's, it's good. But, okay, they're all set with all the charges. Dargo sets the last one. Yeah. Uh, Naranti is actually cooking up some serum to keep John under. Yeah. And she's like, okay, this should keep him under for about three arns. And Chiana says, okay, how long until that's ready? Like half an arn. And Chiana says, okay, I think I can occupy him for, for that long. And Naranti says, I, I'm sure you can. <laughs> and what she does. <laughs> so we're in the back of John's car. Yeah, in the garage. And Chiana basically... Okay, here's what happens. Chiana has sex with young John. That's yes. Just, that's yes, what happens. That's what happens. That's Im- heavily... Im- like, yeah, that's what happens. It's not implied. It's obvious. It's, it's better yet. It, we already know that this was going to happen. Yes. Because... Because... Karen Shaw has been mentioned before yes. on Farscape. Wait, the second time I was watching this was like, hang on a second. In fact, <laughs> looked it, it up. <laughs> mentioned in the episode Losing Time when John says he was 17 when he first lost his virginity to Karen Shaw on the back of his pickup truck. That's when Dargo responds with like, I was seven. Also black magic. That old black magic. Also, oh. it gets mentioned. Does it? Okay. I think Moldus mentions it at the start. Hmm. In disguise. Maybe. No, I, I I looked it up on Farscape World. It says it. I I haven't checked. I'm I'm okay. believing them on that it's one. It de- definitely happened in Losing yeah, Time. Yeah, Losing Time was also on that list. That was a lot more uh, obvious. But so yeah, Karen Shaw. Turns out Karen Shaw was Chiana all along. Yes. <laughs> Through the magic of time travel, Chiana took John's virginity. <laughs> oh, Farscape, you messed up, series. Jeez. Oh. Wow. All right. So <laughs> I love that they did that. It was like, hang on, what can we do? <laughs> but also, Chiana, she clearly like actually feels sorry for John and is actually sympathetic towards him and is not just doing it. I don't think she's not doing it just to distract him. Oh, but it's like a nice happenstance. Yeah, but she's like, this is your first time. And she's being very gentle with him, actually. Mm -hmm. And so we cut away from that. Yeah. (laughs) We cut away. Thank Frell. (laughs) Uh, Well, actually, she says, like, not how you thought it would go. And he's like, no, I, I thought it would be in my dad's truck in the back of the 4x4. Which I think is actually what John said when he said that's where he had sex with Karen Shaw. Yeah, yeah. And we'll get to why he thinks that at the end of the episode. (laughs) All right, so then uh, we cut back actually again to uh, Scorpius and Braca back aboard Moya in the future. Present. Time travel is weird. Yeah. Uh, And Scorpius asks if Grazer knows that Braca is his spy. It's like, he's pretty sure she doesn't. And Scorpius says, hmm, okay. But Braca says, you know, but once she finds out you're alive, she's going to suspect that I'm a spy. And 
Scorpio says, no, she must never find that out. And he also mentions that she really needs to stop trying to have an alliance with the Scarens because they're going to betray them. Yeah, Baraka says they're going to peace talks. Scorpio says, well, they'll just use us. They'll agree to every every demand, and then when their forces are ready, they'll attack anyway. Yeah, and Baraka asks, so what do you want me to do? You need to stall them. And Scorpius then says, I'm not one for exaggeration, but the future of Peacekeeper survival depends on you. <laughs> No pressure, though. No pressure, Baraka. Yeah, it's fine. So we cut back down to uh, Earth, and the policeman has the warrant. He's going to go search the house. And young John is sat on the chair in the living room of the house, just looking smugly. Yeah, watching TV. And uh, Naranti brings Chiana a glass of the, the serum to keep him under. And it's like, can you make him drink? It's like, yeah, 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 it's fine, it's fine. And so she goes up and hands him the glass and he drinks it. And then the police come in, or the police arrive at the at the house. They are arriving at the house because at that point, Aaron and John walk in. It's like, oh, crap, the police are here. We need to do something. We need to stall them or somehow. Also, Aaron is back in her, like, peacekeeper, like, trench coat yeah. and such. And young John stands up and is like, hey, you're that guy from... <laughs> chokes and then collapses on the floor and he's like he's actually convulsing and Chiana's like oh god what, what do we do uh, what happened is this supposed to happen and the police officers are knocking on the door and John's checking on his younger self and he's like I've got I've got no pulse I've got no pulse <laughs> Old woman! Janice like, Crichton, look at your arm! And then we pan across, and so now, now we know what rules of time travel Farscape operates <laughs> under, which is back to the future rules. I laughed so hard when I saw this. Because John is turning invisible slowly. <laughs> I laughed so frilling hard. <laughs> you have no idea. Oh, man. This, I know this is supposed to be very dramatic, but I laughed my ass off when this happened. <laughs> He's turning invisible. Again, it's back to the future rules, you know. If you mess with the past, you start turning invisible if you erase your own existence. You slowly disappear. Yeah, don't ask how that works. Time travel is weird. <laughs> I've had descriptions that work with that, but whatever. And so, yeah... <laughs> We have a fade to commercial. We come back and... John is gone. John is invisible. He's not gone. He's still there. He's like, yeah. okay, my body's gone. What's next? My voice goes. And Aaron's like, I wish it would. Shut up. Because <laughs> the police are still banging on the door. Okay, no, we, we, we've only got one option. So they let the police in. And then knock them the frill out. Yeah, Aaron and Dargo both punch a policeman out. Yeah. I also like that Naranti, as John is like freaking out, Naranti's just... Walks back and it's like she grabs on her shoes and is like, "Oh, you always complain. Have you never died before?" <laughs> it's like, "Wait, have you?" <laughs> that just raises further questions. I was gonna say, there's only one person who gets to say them. That's Stark. No, Aaron. Oh, fair point. Actually, Aaron's died before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <she has. laughs> but yeah, she's she's like, "Oh, maybe he has a lower body mass than the policeman gave him too much." And, and I'm like, "Of course he does, you witch, you demented witch." Ah. <laughs> so she's chewing something up and she basically she regurgitates it into young john's mouth like a bird and it's disgusting yeah but it does wake him i was like oh, 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 oh. but so john fades in a bit he's not fully there no he's like at 50 percent opacity <laughs> it's like okay i'm partially back why am i not fully back so i couldn't bring you back too quickly from the coma so you're still semi-corporeal it shouldn't last long, but we should use it to our advantage. He's like, fine, I'm Casper the Angry Ghost. No. What did he, what did he say? Sorry. Casper the frickin' joke. <laughs> it's 
That's better. He's like, um, Casper the frickin' joke and goes to get his dad. Yeah, it's like, I'll get I'll get my dad. And so then the sheriff actually wakes up yeah. on the floor. And, that, <laughs> it's like, and it's, it's, it's the same guy from before. It's not the other police officer. No, and he just looks around and everybody's like, who are you people? <laughs> and Naranti just kneels down next to him and says, aliens! And then Dargo uses his tongue <laughs> to knock him out. Yeah. Poor man. <laughs> <laughs> he's been through... He's just a policeman. He's just trying to do his job. Yeah. Poor guy. He was two days from retirement. This is, again, the kind of thing that makes me think of this group as a bunch of uh, RPG players. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Needlessly harassing a random NPC who's just trying to do their job. Especially guards. Yeah, exactly. Also screwing up the plan to, to keep John under and have him rescued. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, John then has gone to visit his mother. And he's still, you know, partially invisible. And we see she's in on the back porch uh, using the tarot cards again. And a shadow creeps up her face and she, like, touches it of, like it's somebody's hand it's basically john touching her face and she just puts her hand up as well and he says mom it's me it's john johnny i love you and i've wanted to tell you that for a long time he says go get dad i'm in trouble i'm at the whatever house i'm at i'm at this house i need help yeah and she stands up and runs off and as she's running off john's like mom when you feel the pain don't and she's gone by this point he's like don't don't wait and then he comes back into existence yeah he's completely corporeal again oh god that bit again where he's he's trying to save his mom and he's like despite knowing that he shouldn't yeah he's like don't wait and no she's gone by that point she never hears it and the look on his eyes of like you see he looks like on the verge of tears almost Mm. he got one last chance to say he loved her but yeah he can't do more than that That's just really sad. Mm-hmm. This is a very sad episode. It is in parts, yeah. It's, it, it flips between just absurd farce and sadness, but it, I think it does it quite well. Yeah, it does. So um, we cut back again to Moya, and Braca tells Grazer, like, the scans were correct. Crichton is not on board. And Grazer says, yeah, I know. Uh, I checked the memory banks. The pilot has no idea where John is. Well, all the pilot knows is that they went down a wormhole. That's true they may also have erased those memory banks i think they did so go get the marauders ready uh grazer says we're leaving and so actually they're leaving for their meeting with the scarron yeah but grazer stands in the hallway by herself for just a little longer and we see in the background a figure like leaps out and back behind a corner and she's talking to it and says there's no way that moya would be able to detect your presence but with the dna of Crichton that i gave you you should be able to detect his when he comes back, as we know he will. And we see a close-up of this creature, and it's like a weird, like, scaly, like, lizard. It's got, like, no lips and big teeth and, like, mm-hmm. nah. It looks really terrifying as hell. Yeah, and I'm like, of course, that's why Grazer is letting Moya go. Leaving an agent on board to capture Crichton. Mm-hmm. She wants him back alive, specifically. And so, back down on Earth. Okay, they've got rid of the policeman, and John is successfully unconscious but not dying <laughs> yeah okay good naranti has got some more dust blows it in young Crichton's face yeah it says forget everything and then chiana comes up to him and yes. says except for karen shaw in the four-wheel drive and that's why john remembers it being in the four-wheel drive what i love about this whole thing is that throughout all this adventure present john does not find out that it was chiana nope he has no idea I hope he never does. I kind of hope he does, because that would be hilarious to see. I mean, the look on his face would, like... Yeah, you're right, you're right. I want to see that. (laughs) 
but then Naranti goes to the, one of the policemen and does the same thing. Like, remember nothing. But she's going to do it to the last guy who is the first policeman to check everything out. Mm-hmm. But Chiana grabs us like, no, we haven't got time. We've got to go now. We've got to go now. It's like, but but he mustn't remember anything. Oh. It's like, no, we have to leave. It's filling up with smoke. Let's go. And they take the two police officers, drag them back to their car, put one in the driver's seat, chuck the other in the side seat. And the second <laughs> police officer's face goes straight into the first one's crotch. And so we then also see uh, Jack. We see John's dad arriving, like running. He's like, John john and john's actually behind him like damn he moves fast for an old guy well he wasn't an old guy back then john yeah exactly and so he joins dargo and aaron like hiding behind a wall watching and they're like oh you're back he's like yeah i'm back in more ways than one (laughs) and he's like okay good well now my dad just needs to save me and we see inside that john's dad is looking around and then he hits his head on the lamp and falls unconscious and i'm like Really? <laughs> really? Yeah, he's running. He can't see because of the smoke. And he's like, Dunk! oof. And I'm like, oh, come on. Also, this is one of the scenes we saw in some flashes of possible futures and alternate realities in the last episode. Yep. So that was a call forward to this episode. And so outside, Dargo, Aaron, and John, they realize it's been too long. It's like, your dad should have been out by now. What's what's going on? I like that Dargo says, if he stays in there any longer, the building's going to catch on fire. And John's like, okay, well, I'll be out. And then Dargo rightly says, our plans never go well. Why do our plans never work? John's like, Murphy's Law. Because Dargo figures out, like, oh, something went wrong because it's one of our plans, of course. I just, I always remember the line, this plan is so bad, it has to be one of ours. Yeah. Also, at the same time, the woman that we saw earlier is why. Uh, the neighbor is walking up to the car and John's like she can't intervene dad has to do this by himself and so Aaron hops over the wall and punches her the frail out yeah <laughs> oh god they're knocking so many people unconscious today there's gonna be so many people in the new timeline with brain damage with concussions or yeah, yeah. being knocked out is super bad for you yes <laughs> as one thing fiction does tend to get wrong a lot to be fair, I can't throw a specific complaint at Farscape for this because no, a true. lot of television gets that, is that true. wrong. It's the magical world of cinema and television where that is just the thing that can happen. All right, so, but, so she does that and then nothing happens inside. So Dargo and John go in to get Jack and John out. Because they find Jack's like, Dargo, you take him, I'll get myself. And so Dargo drags uh, John's dad out, John drags himself out, they lay them on the grass outside. Actually, before John does that, he's like, hey, says to himself, like, don't frown so much. Yeah. And uh, just good luck. And actually, he kisses himself on the forehead. So he does that, grabs himself, pulls him out. They're both outside. They're both okay on the grass. Then Dargo's like, right, I'll get the ship ready. We're leaving. Yeah, and they all hop the fence, leave. But... John, as his dad wakes up, and the police officer, another police officer arrives, and his mother arrives, and they're just standing around John. You can see that Jack looks straight at current John. Yeah, and they they exchange a look, a weirdly maybe knowing or confused look from uh, John's dad, and John just like staring at him, and then he hops over the wall and is gone. And so the next scene we see is the sheriff, the policeman, in an interrogation room. And it was like this man with a very large tongue and this small frog-like alien. I swear there was an invisible guy at one point. I don't know why nobody else remembers, but look, I... I," And he's holding a pumpkin. It's like, they made this. This is a sign. Nobody human could have made this. I'm like, yeah, yeah, they could, but whatever. (laughs) They could easily have. They turn it around. What Rigel was carving, it's a pumpkin carving, a very crude one 
but it's a pumpkin carving of Scorpius. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering what that was, but you're right. It was yeah. Scorpius. <laughs> and then we see, like, behind the, the one-way glass, there's a male and female agent. Mm-hmm. And, okay, yes. she, she doesn't have red hair, no, but that's... it's clearly an X-Files Yeah, I, I, right? I, I am disappointed they couldn't get somebody with red hair. That would have worked better. <laughs> that would have been perfect, but it's basically, it's the same outfits, kind of. But it's if it was David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson, that would have been amazing. But it Yes. Was, they should have tried, damn they it. They probably couldn't. No. <laughs> they probably tried. I'll believe that. They probably tried to get people similar, which they did. But anyway, and then we cut away. So everybody's back aboard Lola. They're flying up uh, in Earth orbit and they're calming pilots and saying, like, where are you? And like, we're exactly where you said to be, Commander. It's like, no, you're not. You're not here. No, we are. So, okay, this is was a bit confusing at first watch. Second time around, I was like, okay, what they're implying is that John told the Moya to go through the wormhole and meet them in on the other side. Because what John asks is, okay, pilot, this is very important. What year is it on Earth that you're over right now? And pilot says, according to transmissions from your planet, it is 2003. And I'm like, shit, we're still 14 years off. <laughs> no, but that was the present time when this episode aired, okay? Oh, right. Yes, yes, yes. Good point. Good point. <laughs> and so he's like, all right, okay. Pilot says, follow my signal, Commander. Come home. Because the wormhole opens up again. And they go through the wormhole. And this time, they come out of the wormhole exactly where they were. But Moira is there. They didn't move in space. They they traveled into the future. Yeah, and Rachel's like, by God, I'm not on Earth. And John's like, nope, same Earth, different time. And we see like a CG shot of Moira in orbit around Earth. And I'm like, wait, we're ending here? This ends at Earth? Yeah. Like, this is 2003 Earth. Yeah. If they set the timeline back properly, then John has finally got home. Oh. And th- we're only about halfway through season four. Oh. Which is really interesting. Oh, yes. So, okay. They go back aboard. There's some actually some dramatic music as we see all of this because he's, he's finally got home. But, of course, they have to be sure that they fix the timeline. Yeah. And so they go back aboard Moya. They step out of the ship and they go into the hangar bay. Or at least John does. He steps around a corner and there are four people standing in the bay. Four humans. One of them being his dad. And there are three other people in suits. Importantly, there's a man and a woman. The woman has blonde hair. I think it's the same two, the same two people from the interrogation. Ah, that would make sense. We don't find out because this is like this is the last scene of the episode. Yeah. Jack says, welcome home. And he's clearly, like, you know, emotional at this. And John's confused. And John's actually dressed back up in full peacekeeper gear with, like, his trench coat and boots mm-hmm. and stuff. And so he's confused at this. And he pulls his gun and points it at his dad. And his dad's like, what's wrong, son? Are you okay? He's like, we've been waiting for you a long time. And John just points his gun at him and says, was it a bass or a trout? End of episode. I love that question because I know exactly what it's referencing. Call back to a human reaction. Yep. With the fake uh, Jack Crichton. Where he says at some point, like, it was a trout! Because, yeah, they they got that detail wrong in, like, some some backstory from John, you know, trying to make the fake Earth for him. Mm-hmm. But that's where we end. So that was Kansas. What do we think of that episode? Okay, first of all, it's a hoot. It's so much fun. Like, this is what I was really looking forward to because I knew, like, going in that this was going to be the crew of Moya 
having to try and blend in on mm. uh, Earth. Mm-hmm. And God, it was everything I wanted. Yes. <laughs> it was so much fun. It's so silly and I love it. Because everybody's like, ah, da, 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 da. oops. Just then flipping everybody off. Dargo, <laughs> like, in his yes. football jersey, trying to drive the car with the, with the hat on his head. Yeah, it's so stupid. But at the same time, it does the fact that John sees his mother again and his family as a whole but specifically his mother and just the impact of that yeah the emotion and i think they balance this episode balances those two things very well Mm -hmm. because it it doesn't feel like the humor in it undercuts the emotion because this is exactly how they would behave on earth that feels real and at the same time this is exactly how john would react to seeing his mother again it all fits so I really, I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah. And I, I, I mentioned it a few times that the pace of it and the directing of it is of like the nostalgic, thoughtful, less like action heavy driven, you know, um, fast paced mm-hmm. works really well. Yeah. Also, actually, I should say, I said at the beginning of the episode, the implication of the time difference yeah. while going through the wormhole. Mm-hmm. That's why when they get back to Moya, those people are there. That's probably the case. Yeah. Because I think there's been a bit of elapsed time while they were traveling through the wormhole. It may have been a few hours, maybe a few days time difference. It also explains why on Earth they experience about two days, while everything happening on Moya seems to be about one day. Not even that, like an afternoon, even. Yeah, so there's a bit of time difference. Different time zones, basically. It's weird. It's like, okay, another type of time travel rules is Bill and Ted rules, which is San Dimas time, which is... You have two different time periods, but mm. they move at the same rate. Yeah, somehow. So this is not that. It's that can it can be like a different... Speed. Like, different speed, yeah. But uh, yeah, also the fallout of the end. It's like, uh, welcome to the galactic stage, humanity. Yeah. Stop. I have to say, I'm really interested where we go now because John getting home has been his goal for the past four seasons. And he's got there, we think... So far, as far as we can tell. I hope he did get there, and it, it really is, and he, like, he didn't screw up the timeline too much. Because that's interesting, because it's halfway through season four. This isn't the final episode. No. This isn't like the big homecoming. This isn't like Star Trek Voyager, you know, where they, no. they have the big emotional impact at the end. No, this is halfway through season four. Because it asks the question, now what? Yeah, and... John has clearly changed so much in the time that he's been out in the Uncharted Territories. Earth has progressed three years. I mean... Four four years, even. Four years. Assuming it follows our timeline, not that much would have changed. Yeah, because the first episode, I think it's is set at the time when it was broadcast. Yeah. And this episode, when they come back to Earth, is, again, at the time it was broadcast. So it's the same amount of time has passed. Mm-hmm. So it's 2003 on Earth. Yeah, probably Earth hasn't... Change that drastically, I guess. No, but. I would think... I Okay, I think it's going to be basically the same. Yeah. But John is going to find out that he may not be able to go home again. That's yeah, what I, I think. I totally see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's, he's changed so much. But that's what I like, that they did this. Yeah. So that we get to explore that. It's like, what happens when you get home? Is it happy ending? No, there's, there's a lot more to it. It's like we always say with John and Aaron's relationship. Yeah. You know, the them getting into the relationship being the end is not as interesting as them exploring what happens once they are in a relationship. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's the same thing with this. This is more interesting to find out what happens when he does get home. Mm -hmm. What does he do after that? Yep. 
So yeah, I'm really, really interested in where this is going. So let's put a rating on this episode. I'm just going to say easy 4 out of 5. Yeah, Done. that's 4 Done. out of 5. I agree. Done. It's like, it, it, it hits the interesting emotional beats. It hits the funny beats. It's, oh, it's so... Do I want to go higher, though? Want to go 5? I, it doesn't feel like a 5. I can't explain it, but it doesn't mm. feel like a 5. I can't give it a 5 just for guest star Claudia Black's abs, can I? <laughs> right, I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> yes! Same like, page. We, we, no, we, we can't. We, we, can't, we can't do it for that. But we can't really justify that. But <laughs> I had the same thought process there. Like, <laughs> e- e- even our favorite guest star, <laughs> e- e- even guest star Claudia Black's abs cannot like. <laughs> no, elevate it, that. It's part. close though. It's a really good episode. Yeah, it's just. It's I a fun really episode. like this one. So yeah, we will see where things go next week. Obviously, we said this is part two of a three-part story arc basically mm-hmm. you know part one was how the frail the wormholes work part two is now you get to go back in time to earth and part three is you finally get home so like getting home took three a three episode arc mm-hmm. but he is home mm. but what happens now ah and next week we will find out in episode 13 terra firma that's a good word for it yeah, yeah. good name and yeah Crichton and the crew of moya are back on present day earth and so you can you can guess where this is going. They have to deal with aliens existing and the crew of Moya having to you know, introduce themselves to the planet and so. John coming to terms with his new life and his old life. And where does Aaron fit into all of this? And what are they going to do now? Because the others are probably going to leave and um, there's an alien on board Moya that is aggressive. There's an alien assassin slash agent of the peacekeepers aboard Moya as well. That's bad news. Hmm. So we'll find out what happens next week. I'm really looking forward to it, actually. Yeah. This is gonna. Oh, I'm. I'm excited. All right. So there we go. That was Kansas. That was. That was such a fun episode. Mm-hmm. We hope you enjoyed listening to the podcast. We will be back next time with Terra Firma, as I said. Until then, uh, you can find us around the web on Twitter at Can't Hats and Red at Red Nightmare Seven. Go to combohats.co.uk for previous episodes, links to the RSS feeds and iTunes. And it's all supported by the Can't Hats Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Hats. And yeah, so that's it from us this time. We will see you next week. Looking forward to it a lot. I want to see where this goes. All yeah. right. Take care, everybody. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, okay. Wow. Another episode in the bag. Yeah, that was good. That was good. That was fun. Yeah, that went pretty well. Oh, somebody at the door. Should we get that? Yeah, yeah. Come on. All right, okay. Oh, God. Oh, God. No, not another one. Oh, God.